Friends, I love a good graphic tee, don't you? Did you know that I just launched my new magic wear? Yes, that's right. I have new designs, colors, clothing, cups, and hats. You can celebrate the love of reading by rocking an open the magic hat to the beach, a picture books are my jam shirt to the gym, and sip your chai tea latte on Fridays like me in a all new, all the confetti moments logo mug. Order today by visiting my shop at bit.ly backslash magic wear store. Again, that's B-I-T dot L-Y backslash M-A-G-I-C-W-E-A-R-S-T-O-R-E. All right, let's open the magic together and spread the love of reading all around the world. Hey friends, welcome to the Confetti Moments Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Hinshaw. I believe that picture books open the magic for all readers. Today, open your heart and let all the book feels in. It's going to be so much fun. Let's open the magic. Welcome to another episode of Confetti Moments. I'm so glad you're here today. On today's episode, I get a chance to sit down and talk with Kobe Yamada. You all know about him. Believe me, I know you do. And we're going to talk all about his books, but I'm going to leave you in suspense until he introduces himself. So without further ado, welcome, Kobe. How are you? Oh, thank you, Courtney. It's my pleasure. I'm doing great. We've had a lot of uh, warm days up here in the Pacific Northwest, so it's nice to have it cooling off a little. Yeah, I, I, I love the sun. So when we're having this June gloom, I'm ready for it to say goodbye. <laughs> so why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, I am a, a children's picture book author, uh, probably known for a few of uh, what do you do with an idea, um, what do you do with a problem, and what do you do with a chance. Um, but uh, I'm also the president of Compendium, which is a gift and publishing company up here just outside of Seattle. So uh, I get to work on all kinds of uh, fun and inspiring products uh, with a great team of people. I love that. I don't think I've told you this story, but last year I taught third grade and in January we read Maybe. And one of my little boys comes up to me after and he's like, Miss Hinshaw, I have to tell you something. I'm like, yeah, it's like, what, bud? He goes, that book, that book, and he like points to your book, it's on the table. He goes, that one, it's going to win. It's going to win whatever awards it's going to be in. It's going to win. Like Miss Hinshaw, that book blew me away. And then the pig in the book, like, did you just love the pig in the book? <laughs> That's so great. Yeah, the, the pig in the book is pretty cute. Gabriella is a, a very, very uh, talented and skilled illustrator. And, um, you know, it took her almost 18 months to illustrate that book. Uh, just by the level of detail and, uh, and quality that she puts into it. But uh, yeah, it was a, definitely a labor of love. Yeah, I mean, that book, that book moved me in so many ways. And that's what I love about your books is they just, they, they move your heart in so many ways and you feel so connected to them. And they really help me as a teacher be able to tell my kids sometimes what I'm trying to tell with my heart, like, you can be anyone you want to be. Like there's going to be pitfalls, but like the more you try, the more you take chances, like your life is going to be the way you want it as long as you're willing to put in the work. 
Well, uh, thank you. That's a that's a big compliment coming from you. And with all the all the picture books you get to see and all the amazing work you do with your kids, um, but I think yes, at the at the at the core of everything we do uh, is inspiration. And uh, and really, um, you know, I find that it's such an honor to be able to work on things that uh, touch, move, and inspire people. And and I have to say that uh, the same is for me too. I think in the in the process of creating things you get to get in touch with your own uh, belief and your own uh, uh, fears and doubts and things about you know, what you're trying to make. And I think that the more we can introduce kids and really people of any age to those concepts, um, the better because life is about exploring that potential. I so agree. And I kind of already shared a little bit why I feel like picture books are so important. I talked so much on my Ramona recommends and in my classroom and to my parents of the kids that I teach about picture books are not just for the first grader, the second grader. I mean, your books really, I think, are meant for every person in the world. You can get something from them. But overall, when I know you kind of already touched on this, but if you have anything to add, like why do you feel the picture books are so important and there shouldn't be that suitable for ages four through seven? Yeah, I'm a I'm a big believer in uh in picture books being for everyone. And so I think that, you know, if done well, they should also grow with the reader. And, uh, and I think they're just such a wonderful tool to both simplify a concept, but also expand it. Um, and they're, 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 they're so engaging that they can actually be really, really effective pattern interrupters. You know, we have, a, we have busy lives, we're always plugged in, Taking time to dive into a picture book can be very immersive, but there's enough space in there for the reader's imagination. And there's enough space in there for the reader to really uh, internalize and conceptualize some of the concepts that are there. And I think lastly, the thing that I love most about picture books is that they're such a great intergenerational tool. You know, So maybe uh, a child that's in first grade is experiencing the book one way, but the, the parent reading to the, the book to the child is, is experiencing another way. And just by the general nature of their, their life experience, they can't see things the same way, but they can connect on that and discuss that and, and really you know, be able to learn both ways. And uh, so I, I really think that it isn't so much what's on the page as much as it creates a dynamic for the readers to engage and discuss and, uh, and to really you know, take the, the, the story and make it their own. I love that. You just gave me an idea in my head that I want to do, like take one of your books and have like, every generation in my life read it and then ask them what they thought of the book and then like put that together. Ooh, that, that's my next project. I just, had, I just had a coverage back in New York that they did a news story on it because um, people that were 95 plus were reading What Do You Do With A Chance? And, uh, and they were engaging with, uh, with kids that were in uh, you know, fourth, fifth grade and what that meant you know, to them and sharing those stories. But I, I agree with you, Courtney, that those are really great opportunities and, and we need more of those, right? Because uh, uh, the world is moving quickly. I think it, it, it's probably fascinating to the older generation, how the younger generation sees the world and vice versa. And yeah. the more we can engage on that, there's a lot of really quality learning and understanding that can happen. I, I so agree. So one question I love always asking my guests that come on Confetti Moments is what were you like as a reader? And then did that propel you into what you do now or not at all? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, love, I love reading and I love books. Um, and 
I think that I lived as a reader a little bit more in between the pages. Um, so uh, I was probably a little bit more of a romantic and a dreamer and uh, somebody that was always wondering what if. And so uh, that led me to all kinds of entrepreneurial journeys and uh, creative journeys. But I, I often, I joke with my kids, I said, you know, I, sometimes I, I can't tell you what I was what I was doing in school, but I can kind of tell you what I was thinking about, you know, at that, at that point in my life. And I said, I think I might've been half daydreaming, you know, uh, all my way through school, uh, just kind of wondering what that meant and wondering, you know, what I could do with that. And I think that that's kind of the nature, a little bit of creativity. I agree. I think it, going to more reading conferences as I've come through my teaching journey, I've really changed the way that I see certain kids or certain behaviors that like used to bother me, but I'm like, no, like there's a creative soul in here and I need to just let them be creative and like, make sure, you know, they're doing what I need, but let them do it to the tune of their own beat. And it's helped me be more of a positive influence in my teaching career. And it's also let me go because I'm very A type personality. Um, but I think it's been helpful. So thank you to you and to, oh my gosh, the name's blanking on me. I, oh, Peter Reynolds. There we go. He told a great story once about how his teacher let him draw in math class. And that's how he got through his math, one of his math classes. And I love these stories because they really help. I think teachers sometimes just like let it go. Yeah. And I think that's a, it, it's a tough spot, right? Because you have a lot of different kids and, and there's curriculum to get through. And yet we do want to build that self-belief. We do want to build those that those ahas and, and kids being able to trust their intuition and their instincts and, and really some of their core strengths that are just theirs. And so um, it's a, it is a fine line there. And, a, and, and I think teachers do a marvelous job. Uh, but it is, you know, I, I, I personally remember the encouragements, right? And sometimes the encouragements are outside of the box a little bit by a teacher that saw what I saw or saw something in me before I was even able to see it right. uh, is, was even more profound and more impactful. And, uh, you know, sometimes we need that another person's eyes believing in us before we can believe in ourselves. So it's a hundred percent true, which kind of leads me into the next question about asking you, what was the inspiration for what would you do with a blank series? Well, it, it all started with what do you do with an idea? And um, that was the first book. And boy, Courtney, I had my doubts just like, uh, just like the book, you know, I hadn't written a, a picture book before. Um, I knew I was writing one for people of all ages. I was, I wanted to do it basically in black and white. Uh, so I was breaking a lot of rules as far as visual engagement things. And I wanted the color to just be influenced in a symbolic way as the, as the idea influenced the world. And so I went through all those same doubts, but at the very core of that was, it was with our own creative teams and they were talking about uh, presenting new concepts. And I could see that when we, we needed to be better at talking about new things, you know, new ideas are very fragile. Uh, you could see it's very vulnerable to present and to have someone roll their eyes or to exhale or to give negative comments. You could see someone shutting down. You could see someone really you know, turning inward. And I thought, that that was a missed opportunity. And I went to, went to bed that night and I woke up the next morning and wrote the book. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I think to some people, it's like, wow, you wrote a book in a, in a morning. But at the same time, I, I look at the journey and I think I really pulled things from probably 10 years prior, right? To, to incorporate into that book. So 
Um, the process can sometimes seem fast and sometimes it can seem slow, but I think we are writing through our life's experiences uh, and creating through those um, all the time. And so uh, I never thought I'd write a second book, to be perfectly honest. I never, I did it. I know it's, it's, people don't even kind of grasp that, but it never, the concept never even hit me to ask the question in a new way until I had a birthday. And uh, one of the writers at our company said, what do you do with a birthday? They wrote that in my card and like this, my head exploded. Like this, I had goosebumps all over my body. And I'm like, I could write a second book. Like I, I could ask that question in a way that's, you know, new and different. And so I started working on what do you do with a problem? And so it just kind of went from there. And, and when I finished writing, what do you do with a chance? I realized that I was ending the series, you know, and a lot of people said, what are you doing? These are really successful books. And why would you do that? Um, but I realized just by working on chances and doing that, that I needed to take new chances with the writing and I needed to go in ways that would feel like, um, a new adventure and not just, uh, something that I had done before. So I felt like that was time to, to end that series. And that's when I moved into writing. Maybe. I love it. The, what, what do you do with the chance? I'll never forget. I was sitting at the back of my desk, my student teacher, cause I read, we read a picture book every day. And that's when she chose and I had read it, but like, sometimes you just like, okay, I haven't read it in a while and she was reading it. And I literally stopped what I was doing. And I was so intrigued by the words and it like, I don't know. I think I needed it in my heart at the time because last year was, we all know a real tough year and it like spoke to me in so many ways. And I said, oh my gosh, this is my new favorite picture book. And I just love that one so much because I am so about like, social emotional learning and all about the heart like your books are like oh and I know you probably are like thank you thank you it feels awkward for you to hear it but please like hear it that you are an incredible writer and your books touch not only kids but adults too and you you are writing for all the generations so I'm just so thankful well thank you very very much it is it, it does feel strange to to hear that uh sometimes but I I really appreciate especially from someone like yourself that is you know such a leader in children's literacy and 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 teaching and shaping our our youth. It's uh, it's 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 very nice to hear. Thank you. Well, next year, I mean, we've always done social emotional learning, but I feel like next year our district, like everybody's going to be back, and we're, there's going to be a lot of holes to fill. Not even just academically, but socially. And how has growth mindset been important to you over the year? And how can teachers help kids next year really? like embed that into their life practice? Well, you know, I think that when you think about growth mindset, you think about social emotional, I, I, I look at that as, as the arc that we're preparing kids for, we need to look at a, a, a bigger horizon, right? Like it's not, you're not preparing a fourth grader for fifth grade and you're not preparing a, a high school graduate for college. What we're really trying to prepare people for is life. And, you know, that that's not really grade dependent. It's, it's really, there's different levels of development, sure. But what does it look like, you know, when, when, when someone grows up and is growing up, I think it's less about being a lawyer or a doctor or a, a, a dancer, and maybe a little bit more about being happy and fulfilled and confident and feeling like they matter and they can contribute and feeling like the kind of person that can help other people feel like they matter, right? And that, 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 that sense of empathy and understanding. 
and compassion can be built. And so I think that, you know, this year was a very much so a shared experience in adversity, you know, uh, or, you know, the last 18 months that we all have a reference, right? We all have a reference point on what it was like to struggle and to feel something that was a, uh, a situation that was big, bigger than our community, bigger than our country, right? It was something that affected the whole world. And, you know, that is an opportunity for us to talk a little bit more about what that looks like to be there for each other and, uh, and how to get through trials and how to get through things. And, but it also is a great reference point that we did, right? Like, you know, a lot of us, we did get through that and not all of us made it through whole, right? Some people lost people. Those are big loss that happened in, in the world with that and how we can be there for each other, I think is probably the biggest opportunity out of something like a, a giant pandemic like that, that was so disruptive. I so, I so agree. Is there anything you can share for our listeners or for students who might be listening about your own growth mindset journey and how that's a, like made you who you are today? Well, I think that, that the, the best maybe way to reflect on that is that I, like anyone else, you have to, you have to remember that fears and doubts and insecurities they're just, they're just part of us, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're not things that you ever get rid of. You don't, you, don't, you don't look at an adult, and I hope the kids know this, that the adults don't have fears anymore, that they don't have you know, doubts and insecurities. We do. They do, and sometimes they, they get bigger as you get older. It's so yeah, fun. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> they can grow. And I think one of the things that, that I like to remind myself is that the more that I avoid something, the more that I procrastinate or I, I step away from it, the bigger it can feel, but even more so, the harder it maybe can be to try the next time. And so it's good to get in there and to face some of those fears and to do some of those things that you're, that you're worried about um, because sometimes they, they can have too big an influence over, over how we make our decisions on a daily basis or what we go about doing. And I don't think that that's just a thing for kids or just a thing for adults. I think every day, we have to um, realize that we have only so much time in our lives and something that we want to do that we're excited about, that we're passionate about, that we want to contribute to the world, we have to do it in the time we have. And so that means that we have to do it and that takes courage. But I think the great thing about that is whether that is creativity, whether that's courage, whether that's compassion, these are not necessarily things that you're just innately born with. They're life skills. So the more we practice them, the more that repetition, the more times that we, we get in there and we use our courage and we use our creativity and we use our compassion, we're going to get better at them. We're always, those, those skills are going to grow. And I think the more that we can think of them as skills and not talents, not things that we you know, feel like we have or we don't have, but something that we can actually get better at, is a better way of thinking about those things because we all can be braver. We all can be kinder. We all can be, uh, you know, more creative the more that we use those skills. I love that. And now you just wrote a TED Talk. So you should take that TED Talk and go do that because that was incredible. So speaking of both of those ideas you just kind of talked about, you've had two new books come out recently. One is called Trying, and then one that just came out in June called Finding Muchness. Can you tell us a little bit about those and then 
how are they different from the what would you do series but how are they still the same so people know that they're your mark sure uh well trying was a book that I, I i set out to want to write a book about failure and uh and i just think that failure is something that um maybe gets like a a bad rap as far as the way I look at it. You know, failure is something that's, it's a necessary ingredient to success. It's something that we learn tremendously from, but we don't like to fail and, and, and for really good reason. I mean, failure hurts, failure is painful. It's embarrassing, it's heartbreaking, it's all those things. So it, yeah, of course we'd wanna avoid it. And I really wanted to change the narrative on that and to really show that it is a process of growing uh, and that failure is a step. So I actually really originally was gonna call the book The Possibility of Failure. And I realized as I dove into the subject more that failure is just a part of the story. It's not that it's not, it, it doesn't deserve the title because it's it's not the whole story. Failure is a, a piece, it's a step. And so really when I, when, when I created Trying, um, that what I really wanted to highlight it was the effort. And it's the process that that is so, worthy and so valuable for us as we as we move on and grow in our lives so that is that is a an all ages picture book too um and funny legends i did something different uh we made the book a little smaller we increased the page count all these things on purpose and uh on the back of finding much as this is recommended for ages 99 and younger and yes. <laughs> so uh i really wanted a book that you could gift for a graduation, for a birthday, for, you know, that, that, would, that would be in, uh, in real, truly all ages, uh, uh, you know, maybe even adults speak. But uh, uh, it's a book of encouragements. You know, I think that we are all born with muchness, you know, this abundance of love and creativity and kindness. And as we grow and our doubts grow and our fears grow and our obligations and, and responsibilities grow, sometimes we can lose some of that muchness. And so I wanted to write a little book about finding it again. I love that. In mind, I just was looking on my, see when it's coming in and I get it tomorrow. So now I'm wondering, is it like bigger than because of a teacher or is it the same size or is it in between? It's in the same, it's in the same kind of size as that uh, uh, because I had a teacher, more pages, but uh, in, that, in that same uh, size of book and just wanted it to be something that someone could, uh, Take along with them a little less bulky than a than a big picture book but the illustrations are incredible charles santoso who i got to work with on this uh did all of those uh amazing illustrations of our little duckling and all the challenges and the experiences that it's going through all with uh with pencil and uh it's it's like honestly what i challenged charles with as i said what if we did an entire fine art exhibit of your work and we just took that whole gallery and we brought it down and we put it in a book. What would that, what would that look like? And uh, so it was a really fun challenge for him. And uh, I hope people really appreciate his illustrations because uh, though the book is smaller and it's, and it's refined in palette, um, that's the kind of book that would take Charles probably twice as long as doing as a traditional colorful picture book. It's just that, that level of detail. Oh, that's so exciting. So speaking of the, I guess the partnership between an illustrator and an author, how, how is that for you? What, what do you love about it? What do you not like about it? Tell us your thoughts on that. So I, I, I love almost everything about it. Uh, to me, um, it's an honor to get to work with another artist. 
and uh, in whatever form, right? Uh, uh, I get, I'm work, uh, what do you do with an idea is being turned into an animated film and I get to work with some animators and uh, there's a dance production of that going on. And I got to you know, talk with the dancers about what physically that, that looked like or what I was trying to do. So I, I really mean that in like working with an artist and, and especially an illustrator, you get to create a bit of a shared vision together and talk about the why, you know, the, the why behind what we're, what we're doing. And, you know, I honestly feel like the artwork in, in picture books is there, it's worthy of being in a museum. They're just, you know, there's, there's amazing artwork in there, but instead of it being on the walls, it's, it's in, it's in the pages and it's, and it's part, it's integral to the story. So I feel like it's this beautiful dance that you get to do. And I just, you know, it's, it's one of my, you know, when I'm not on the planet anymore, it'll be one of the things that I so enjoyed being here was the collaboration that I get, get you know, was able to do with these, these other amazing human beings. I love that. You know, I think like, I'm so happy about the picture books that I had as a kid, how, what I have now, what's going to come out. But then I kind of get tapping. There's going to be so many more picture books that come out that I'm not going to ever get to see. And that like, breaks my heart. So yeah. I hope that I can see them till Beverly Clear 104. <laughs> yes, I hope so too. Yes. So, okay. I, this is my favorite question because I love to know secrets that you can tell so that other people listening can know about them too. But what previews can you tell us about any upcoming books, projects, anything, any, any of the good juice? Sure. Uh, I, I can tell you that I haven't talked about this before. So, uh, so this will be, this will be the new for your audience, but I have a new picture book, um, uh, that will be coming out, uh, later on uh we don't have a release date yet but it's called the candy dish and uh and so it's a book about perspective and gratitude and so um uh looking forward to, to you know doing that and, and it's 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 fully illustrated now and it is it is really really gorgeous okay i have to ask a follow-up question and you can say i can't answer that but is it like your other illustrations or is it more colorful? It's, a, it's actually, a, it's a little bit more colorful. Um, and, uh, but, but, but still, yes, like the other uh, illustrations in that I think that it has a timeless quality. I think that uh, there is a lot of imaginative space in there. The art is gorgeous and, and textured and, and wonderful, but, but we, I did feel that color was not the, the storytelling piece that we would, that we would go for full color in this. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it was really, really fun to do. And um, I'm looking forward to being able to start introducing it to the world in a, in a few months. Oh, that's so awesome. Is it going to be the same size as your typical or is it going to be the small book again? Uh, no, same size as the typical. Yeah. Oh, okay. Not that I don't love the little ones, but I don't know. Maybe it's like psycho psychological for me, but the big ones are always so fun. Okay, so I have to ask this question because I love asking this question. I don't like answering this question because it's hard, but what's been your favorite book you've read this year? So I was, you, you know, I saw that come up that uh, you were asking that. And I'm actually, I picked up a book recently that, uh, that I am finding fascinating. Um, that is uh, Breath by uh, James Nestor. And uh, it's, it's part history and part science, but I am really kind of blown away with how much, you know, how we breathe and uh, how much that matters to our health, to our well-being, to our, uh, our 
really everything and, uh, and how much we maybe have forgotten um, as a modern society what they knew more uh, in, in times past. So uh, it's really a, a fascinating book that I'm just getting into and uh, uh, I think I'm gonna be recommending it all the time. Oh, I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go look into that because I always hold my breath. It's something I'm trying to work through, but I don't even realize I'm doing it. I'm like, oh, I'm holding my breath. Before we go to the last two confetti moment questions, is there anything you didn't get to share or anything you want to add to let the listeners know anything else that I did not touch on? You know, I I just want to say thank you to you from the standpoint of what a what a great thing to be shining a light on children's literature and not just like, hey, what book does this, but what's possible with it and what what authors and illustrators and teachers are trying to accomplish uh, with it because um, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a tool that, as you said, has been thought about in age groups. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that um, could be much more expansive, you know, and uh, uh, I've had the honor of having my books presented at like, you know, uh, business schools and uh, corporations and things like that. And I love that the world's waking up a little bit more to this wonderful balance of sort of work and play that, uh, that picture books bring, but that the concepts that they're talking about can be things that we can all benefit from. Oh, I love that. That's, that's so good. And I've been talking to some other authors this week, and I think we're all coming to the conclusion that teachers and authors and illustrators, we are like the cheering section for the world because we want so much greatness and this is how we're going to get it out because of you because of me the more the greatness will flood into our kids hearts which makes oh that's i i I love that thanks (laughs) okay last two questions they can just be quick answers but here we go what is your all-time favorite picture book that gave you a confetti moment you know, honestly, that was a one that was uh, somewhat recent that I saw come together, and it's a, a, a book called "You Belong Here," and uh, and M. H. Clark uh, wrote it, uh, and it is one of the most beautiful books. Uh, and I also saw it being created, so that those, those were those were those were two things that um, mean the world to me. Um, but it is such a in, in a similar way that you described my maybe book, that uh, I, I think it's a book that if someone gets their hands on it, they probably don't let go of it for the rest of their life. Oh, wow. That is a great quote. You need to quote that and put your name under that. That's great. And I was just looking it up because sometimes titles um, leave my brain. And right when I saw the book, I was like, oh, yep, I love that one too. That's a great one. Okay, so my other favorite question to ask is what picture book can you not wait to come out in 21 or 22? Well, I think it might be out, but I, I got to uh, meet some great illustrators and uh, authors um, and follow them as we do different signings and festivals and things together. But uh, 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 Yaz uh, Imamura did The Gravity Tree and uh, I think it, I think it's out now. I think I, it came out last Tuesday. Did it? Okay. So um, love the idea of taking uh, a historical element of something that I was not aware of and making it as such an interesting story. And of course, I love Yaz's artwork. So uh, yeah. you know, I think I think if if she's game, she's going to be someone I'm going to 
propose a collaboration with one day. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's really uh, I've been I've been sort of having my eye on that just because I love everything about the idea of that book. Oh, I love that! I love that. So I have so enjoyed this conversation. So I know my listeners are going to want to know more about your books and everything you're doing. So where can my Confetti Moments listeners find you? Well, uh, on Instagram, uh, my uh, handle or whatever that is called is uh, Live the Good Stuff. And uh, our website uh, our, is uh, live-inspired.com. So that's th those are the those are the normal places and uh, and hopefully uh, in in your uh, local independent bookstore. Yes, oh, that's a good one. You need to tell everyone to say that. That's good. I haven't heard that yet. That's a great one. Well, Kobe, thank you so much for coming on Confetti Moments. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you, Courtney. I appreciate being invited. Hey, teachers. How are you? I am just so thankful that you have been listening to the Confetti Moments podcast. It is something that I love to do. I love to share my love of picture books and books and the love of teachers with all of you. And you know what I would love as well is, hey, why don't you share this podcast with another friend to spread the magic with them and leave a comment. Let teachers know, what do you love about this podcast? What do you want me to share more of? I would love to hear from you. All you have to do is go on to wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review. Thanks so much. And as always, open the magic. Thank you so much for tuning into the Confetti Moments podcast. I hope each story or tip you heard today brings the love of reading into your heart. Take this confetti and sprinkle it all over the children in your classroom or home. See you back here next Monday to open the magic. <laughs>